Welcome once again to Advance, an NCEES podcast series. I'm your host, Davey McDowell, Chief Operating Officer at NCEES, and I'm really excited today to get the chance to talk to a longtime colleague of mine, Tim Miller. Tim is the Chief Officer of Examinations for NCEES as an expert for everything engineering and surveying exam related. We're actually going to do a two-part series with Tim. The first part, and what we'll talk about today, is how the pandemic is affecting the testing process and what NCEES is doing to try and help the testing experience be as seamless and transparent as possible during what has been a very challenging time for all of us. The second part will be released in the coming weeks, and on that episode, Tim will talk about how engineering and surveying exams are created and scored, and he'll also provide important computer-based testing updates. Thank you again for listening to our podcast today. Let's jump right in. Welcome, Tim, to the podcast. Tell me a little bit about what's going on with exams these days. Well, Davey, thanks for having me. Certainly, uh, the pandemic has caused a uh, uh, large upheaval in the testing industry in general, and we're no different than anybody else who is trying to provide tests in this uh, during the pandemic. So when things started to turn south back in March, we decided that we would have to cancel our April pencil and paper exam. And that affected some 16,000 examinees. We also work with Pearson View as our computer-based testing partner, and they shut down their testing centers for the month of April and started opening them back up in May. Uh, But even then they opened them up in partial capacity due to social distancing and the unknowns of how we were going to be able to test. So it has taken us quite a while to get things back up and running again, but we were able to reschedule most of those people who were affected from the computer-based side. And we did things with our October pencil and paper exam to assist people who missed in April. We went to a two-day exam administration where we tried to split up when the exams were given so that we could also provide social distancing and provide additional seating for people who were not able to take it in April plus our normal crowd that would take it in October. So it's been extremely hectic to say the least. What other things has NCWS done to try and get as many people tested as possible? It's, it's not just getting people tested. It's trying to get more engineers licensed because that's an important role that, that engineers and surveyors play in protecting the health, safety, and welfare of the public. Well, as I said earlier, for our October pencil and paper administration, we did go to a two-day format to allow us to test additional people and to also provide social distancing. One thing we did, our electrical power exam was originally planned to be transitioned in April of 2021. So that's when the first appointments were going to be available at the testing centers. When we looked at at that date and we talked with our partner Pearson View, we worked with our committee, we worked with our internal staff and we were able to pull the transition of that exam back into uh, December. 
and so that so that the first appointments were available on December 1st. And so what that allowed us to do was to take all of the uh, electrical power examinees who were signed up to take the pencil and paper exam in October and basically refund them and say, okay, we are not, let's not take the exam in October. You can start scheduling it at, at your convenience starting in December. And so what that allowed us to do, that was some 2000 examinees that allowed us to free up additional seats for our pencil and paper uh, examinees. Plus it allowed our electrical power examinees the ability to schedule it around their time when they wanted to take it and in a much smaller setting at, at a Pearson View test center. So that was one thing that we did to try and provide additional seating. The other thing that we did was our civil exam, as I mentioned, that was the largest, that's our largest remaining exam to transition. So in addition to offering additional seats in October, we added a an administration this coming January. So we have a pencil and paper administration in January, uh, January the 26th, and it is only for the civil engineers. And so what this does is this gives them another opportunity to people who weren't able to take it in April, or if there was an issue with the October, we had some site that had to be moved and if people didn't wanna take the exam in October, they could then take it in January. So we offered an additional administration there, plus we'll have our normal administration in April. And again, that will be a two day uh, exam administration to try and get as many people as possible to, uh, to take the exam. One other thing we did, and I need to pause and explain a little bit about our, our different types of CBT exams. So for our larger volume exams, I mentioned those can be taken all year round. And the way that we're able to do that is we working with Pearson View, we have what we call linear on the fly testing. We love to use acronyms, so that is LOFT, linear on the fly testing. And so what that does we are able to take many questions from our exam bank and put those in a pool in a subset. And then Pearson View, we're working with them. They have an algorithm so that, for instance, Davey, if you and I both go in and take the same mechanical exam on the same day, we could sit next to each other and we will have exam forms that have the same number of questions in the same topics, and they will be statistically equivalent. However, they will be unique forms. They will have different questions. And that's what this linear on the fly testing allows us to do is to test all year round. We have the ability using certain psychometric methods that involve a, a two day seminar and explaining how all that works. I won't go into that here. However, that allows us to offer these exams all year round. And so we can do that with our larger volume exams. That makes it possible having so many takers. For some of our exams, the smaller ones that I mentioned, fire protection, petroleum, nuclear, agricultural, those exams, currently we only offer those exams one day a year. And in computer-based testing, we don't have enough volume of examinees in order to use that linear on the fly testing. So we use what we call a linear fixed format. And that is essentially our 
pencil and paper exam move to a computer-based testing uh, format. And so it will still only be offered on one day per year. So what we did for the, the exams of those that have transitioned in October, Pearson View had their testing centers at reduced capacity. So we some people were having a hard time finding a seat on that particular day that those exams were offered. And since they would not be offered again until next October, we developed a, an additional offering, and that is also in January for those that have already transitioned. So we're doing everything we can to offer, make as many opportunities as possible for our examinees to have opp- opportunities for them to test. And, and what's been really interesting with the pandemic is that we started off, Pearson View basically came back and had a 50% reduction in their capacity. They were only using half their seats for social distancing. And as the summer and as things, we got a little more knowledgeable with the pandemic and based on what the test center's location and what that state is requiring, Pearson View was able to increase capacity in those test centers. Uh, And so there were many states that were back up to full capacity in those particular test centers. But as we have hit the the next wave of, of COVID, those are starting to be reduced again. So we are having examinees who are, who are having to be rescheduled and Pearson View is contacting those who were affected and they have to reschedule to a different time. And fortunately, with the loft format, it is much easier to try and, and find a, a seat on a different day. So that has been very helpful. But we do recommend that people try to schedule as soon as they can because it, some seats in some locations are a few months out. So if they want to take an exam, they need to go ahead and uh, register for the exam, get approved by their licensing board, and then schedule their appointment. So, so you make an interesting point, and it deals not only with the computer-based testing sites or centers, but also in pencil and paper world. NCWS is still impacted by each individual state's restrictions concerning COVID, correct? Yes, that is correct. In our October administration, our pencil and paper, there were uh, many sites, and and some of those sites can have as many, you know, in in normal times might have as many as five or six hundred examinees in a in a large ballroom or in a large uh, testing area, and so obviously that's having to be reduced, uh, and. Some of those in some states, there were some, uh, California particularly, had issues that we were not allowed to test at, at some of those test centers. They would not allow large groups to be tested. So our Southern California sites, which are near Los Angeles and San Diego, we essentially had to move those exams. We did not cancel them, but we were able to move those exams to Las Vegas and the a neighboring state that where the restrictions were not as were not as rigorous, and we were able to offer those exams there, and we gave the opportunity for those examinees to say, you, "We'll give you a full refund, or you can go ahead and take your exam in Las Vegas." And many of them did that. And our Northern California sites also had the same issue and we moved those sites over to Reno. So we had the same thing. Oregon, we had a site there that we had to move and it it had nothing to do with COVID, but it had to do with all their wildfires 
and the large testing room that we used was had been turned into an evacuation center. So we had to find a different place to test. And there were others of those across the country where depending on local requirements, we had to move test sites around or make modifications. And, and the same thing with computer-based testing. Pearson View has a group that that's all they are doing. And we are getting uh, emails on a daily basis from them of here are changes that have to be made uh, for this particular state or the test centers in this particular state. We are either allowed to increase capacity or we're being required to lower capacity. And there are a couple of those that are even being based on the number of ICU beds that are available at hospitals. They are having to base how many people they can test in a test center based on on uh, the, the availability of uh, medical beds in their, in their hospitals. So it's it has been a very difficult year to say the least and for the for the testing arena. So in the pencil and paper sites that you were talking about, and you, you mentioned that we have some that have multiple hundreds, maybe up to a thousand, and then you have some that are that are a handful. About how many seats do you normally find at a computer based testing center? The testing centers, uh, Pearson View has the way that they are set up are, are typically in, in groups of 15. So there may be 15 seats in a testing room that has one testing administrator who is monitoring those 15 test takers. So some test centers may, may have multiple rooms with multiple testing administrators, or they may only have one room with one testing administrator. So they are typically in groups of in groups of 15. And, and obviously they, they also have a group that that's all they do is, is capacity analysis. And we work with them about where our exams are normally taken. They did a zip code analysis of all our examinings so that they could determine if they have, if we had any capacity issues. This was even before COVID we do this. We will have to make certain modifications to our testing dates, especially with the what I call the ones that are only offered one day a year. For example, our petroleum exam and our control systems exam are both very based on the petroleum industry. There's a lot of people, very Houston-centric with those particular groups of examinees. So we will probably not have those exams on the same day. Typically we would have all of those exams on the same day. We'll probably have separate days in order to make sure we have enough seats available for those examinees. Yeah, so when you mention the restrictions that the Pearson View test centers are under, and it could be 50% capacity or it could be even less than that, that is the the reason that if I were approved as an examinee to take the uh, mechanical exam, as you mentioned earlier, as an example, essentially why I can't log on today and pick a seat for tomorrow. Uh, That's correct. I mean, in normal circumstances, and, and what, what we tell people is that if they are having trouble finding a seat to keep monitoring it, because it is a very dynamic situation where examinees, and we're trying to be as flexible as we can with our examinees. Normally there are fees involved with rescheduling appointments or canceling appointments within a certain time frame because, you know, we're holding a seat for an examinee and if they cancel the day before, 
you know, we're not able to fill that seat. So in normal circumstances, there would be a monetary penalty involved in that. We're waiving all those at this point for rescheduling fees and for cancellation fees just because of the of the pandemic and the situation we find ourselves. But yes, under normal circumstances, they could register today, be approved, schedule an appointment. If there's one available tomorrow or the next day, they could take the exam. With the pandemic and the reduced capacity, we do recommend that they do that. You will be out up to a couple of months uh, with seating, but it, it all depends on the part of the country you're in and that particular test center and your particular exam, but as far as uh, availability of seats. So we do recommend that they try and plan as far out as they're able to, knowing that they're during this time of the pandemic, that they're, if, if changes have to be made, that we're waiving those fees. Yeah, kind of a, a little bit of a follow-up on the computer-based testing test centers and, and something you mentioned earlier about if, for, for example, again, if you and I were to go into the test center and take the mechanical PE exam, we would have different questions, chance of having different questions because of the way the exams are, are built. However, what are the chances that I would actually be sitting beside somebody else that was taking the mechanical exam? Pearson has test centers, but they have more than one client, right? Certainly they do. While we have rules that apply to us, there are other programs have rules. So Pearson has, in general, they have uh, rules that apply to all their test centers, to all their clients, and they have many, many clients. So yes, you could very well go in and take an exam and be next to somebody taking the nursing exam. You could be next to somebody taking a, an IT certification exam. So yes, the chances of us actually sitting next to each other would be pretty slim. It's possible. Yes, they have many clients and they have uh, many different exams that they offer. All right, so I'm going to shift gears just a little bit because I have heard, NCWS has heard, there's some other programs that are like us. So you can look at the architects. You mentioned the nurses. There's IT exams. There's uh, landscape architects. You know, there's a whole list of other professions that have licensing exams. We've all heard that there are some that are moving to something called remote proctoring, which is the ability to not have to go to a test center and take an exam and you could just take it possibly from an office or or your own home that is something that we we see some groups doing has ncws discussed this option and if so where where does it kind of stand well yes remote proctoring is uh is an option that is offered by many uh, testing programs recently within the last couple of years uh, we have not seen remote proctoring in the, what I'll call the high stakes type exams, licensing exams arena, but that is starting to change because of the pandemic. So our exams currently, our professional engineering exams are eight hours long. So that is a, they have to go to a test center to take that. Uh, we have looked into the remote proctoring. What we have found is that most of the exams that are doing remote proctoring, if you are taking it from your home or from your office, internet conductivity is, you know, to be able to have that for eight hours uh, is, a, is, a, is a concern. Also a concern is having a distraction-free environment for eight hours. 
the the way remote proctoring works, it would be if you were, it could be possible that you were taking an exam and I am monitoring you through your uh, camera on your on your laptop or on your computer, and I have to be able to monitor the room that you're in and everything that's associated with that. So from a exam security standpoint, there are a lot of questions about that. Plus there are, uh, there are, there is software that has to be loaded from the uh, testing administrator onto your computer that doesn't allow you to go to tie into the internet while you were taking this exam. And so there's some uh, concerns about privacy issues with that. So there are a lot of questions around remote proctoring. And while it may work well for what I would call the non-high stakes exams, there it has not been used too much, but there are some groups that are starting to use it. But our exams being eight hours long are, are just too difficult. And unfortunately, we can't just split them the way our scoring system works. It is something that we'll be looking at as we get all the rest of our exams transitioned is what are other options that we can use for administering the exams and to make it as flexible a process as possible. Well, that sounds great. Thank you again, Tim, for joining us today. You've provided our listeners with some very relevant and timely information. Again, thanks and we'll talk soon. Okay. I appreciate being able to participate in this and certainly wish all our examinees good luck and they can find a lot of good information on the NCEES website. We have something called the Examinee Guide that will answer most of the questions they have and I certainly recommend that they go and review that. So thanks again. Thank you to all of our listeners out there. We hope you found this exam update helpful. If you can, please take a minute to leave us a review. This simple action can help others, like yourself, find and share this podcast.